Hey Achievers, this is Maya, founder of Healthy High Achievers. Join our global community and create healthier routines to avoid burnout and feel more calm and healthy. Let's get to it. Hey Achievers, welcome back. Today we have Catherine Gagnon. She's from Quebec, Canada, so she speaks French, speaks English too. And Catherine is a health and life vitality mentor who works with people who are tired of feeling tired. I really like that phrase, tired of being tired. <laughs> she struggled with Lyme disease, but also uncontrolled stress, low self-esteem, abdominal pain, sugar cravings, and mood swings. And after more than 20 years of searching for a better way of life, she realized that all these symptoms all had a reason to be. So through her experience and certifications as a nurse, a neurolinguistic programming practitioner, I'm reading it here, a transformational coach, a practitioner in applied neuroscience. Wow, she can really help us align our body and our mind to feel more energetic and create a meaningful life. What I love about this is that it's based on science. You kind of have both sides in you, right? Is that right? You have like the science and then the emotional connection part. Oh, totally. And, and thank you so much, Maya, for having me on, on, your, on your show. Um, yes, I, I have a very scientific mind, used to be a nurse practitioner, and a very spiritual, emotional side of me. And for the longest time in my life, these two polarities were really in, con in conflict with each other. They were just pulling me in one direction. I was never scientific enough for the scientific community. And I was a never spiritual enough for the spiritual community. And I was, it's like, I was never fitting anywhere until I learned to um, harmonize and marry those two sides of me and literally bridge science and spirituality, which by the way, is all about quantum physics and the law of attraction. You know, we hear a lot about quantum physics and the law of attraction as a way of creating a life that we want, manifesting the things that we want. And it's, it's really bridging science and spirituality. And I feel so blessed and excited to live in this era mm -hmm. where we have access to all this new emerging knowledge and people's minds and consciousness are opening up. I mean, I can't imagine my grandmother talking about the law of attraction, honestly, you know, right. <laughs> so we're so lucky to have access to all of these, um, these new paradigms that are shifting the way that we, that we live, that we work, that we parent, that we um, do our relationships with our others and with ourselves. So it's a really exciting time to be alive. <laughs> yeah, some great discoveries are happening there. And I'm just wondering when you're saying that, is that what? mostly helped you get through Lyme disease, that combination of the science and the spiritual world, kind of finding your way in between. How did that, that, how did that tie in with uh, how you got better from Lyme? Yeah, totally. Um, so, I mean, I was working as a nurse practitioner when I got sick and mm. pretty soon I realized the answers were not in the, medic, in the, in the current medical system. Because the Lyme I had, I didn't know I had it for 16 years, but it was dormant in my system. So it was chronic. And when I had this flare in 2016, it was what we call an acute on chronic episode. Just It just goes haywire. And um, I created, so with my scientific brain, I created a, a protocol made of medicinal plants and natural supplement that actually have re research done to it. Um, so we can see the half-life and, you know, how it 
gets metabolized and the efficiency and all that because mm-hmm. not so many natural products and supplements have actual research done to them um, like a pharmaceutical molecule would you know yeah. So that was my scientific brain that I, I went and took all the knowledge and, and pulled it to pulled it together from the Lyme expert and I built this protocol. And then I did a lot of uh, what I call emotional alchemy, which is one of my specialty. And mostly it was going within, connecting my mind and my body, be, getting aware, being aware of all the, the false beliefs and limiting beliefs that I had internalized over my life of how I felt not good enough and imposture and, you know, I had to be perfect and I was living the life that other people wanted me to live. So I kind of had to really go within using spirituality, um, a strong faith in something that's greater than us. For me, I call it the universe. Uh, other people might call it God. It just doesn't matter the name we give it, but using a strong faith, a strong spirituality, and a big leap in the unknown, basically, because I mean, I had never done that uh, before, but Lyme really was um, a great opportunity for me to do deeper healing and to heal these emotions that, I mean, for decades, I was refusing to address and to even look at because it was so scary. But by doing that, I, ac- I really accelerated my healing to in ways that are unheard of in the world of chronic Lyme disease. Um, so within four months of being on my protocol and doing the inner work that, that I call, you know, the emotional, the spiritual awakening, it's, it's almost like a piece of me had to die, like the phoenix, right? The phoenix wow. goes into the, uh, the fire, it knows when it's time to die, so that I could be reborn into a much more aligned version of me. And that required me to leave my nurse practitioner job to do my, you know, transformational coaching full time, leave my relationship at the time, my intimate relationship, which we were kind of going separate ways in our life purpose goals. And just, we just weren't connecting anymore. And it required me to do some giant leaps of faith um, in all aspects of my life to kind of get on the other side of the fence with with the healing that I experienced so and it's still I mean it's still we're still a work in progress but I would say that was a big hump in my evolution and um, in a way Lyme disease was one of the biggest gifts I've ever had in my life wow and I couldn't say that in the moment (laughs) yeah I was just gonna say it's beautiful that you call it an opportunity but now you call it one of the biggest gifts in your life right it just your life went overboard, relationship, career, health, yep. just everything. Kind of the universe forcing you to, okay, now it's time for you to transform. <laughs> Become yes. who you're really meant to be. Stop living the life that you think you should live or that others think you should live or expectations from family. And I can relate because some things that I thought I needed to have in my life I didn't even know that that came from my family or what my culture, what my Belgian culture thinks. So sometimes it's even hard to split that and realize what you want. So exactly. <clears throat> Catherine or Catherine, just to practice my French pronunciation. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am familiar with emotional work and self-limiting beliefs, but I'm not familiar with the word emotional alchemy. So how would you describe that? Is that that 
exploring your inner world or what is emotional alchemy? Emotional alchemy um, is is something that I realized that this is what I've, I've been doing with myself and with my clients. So most of us um, have a tendency to not want to feel the uncomfortable emotions. And some emotions are very dense in energy. They're very heavy, like anger, sadness, guilt, shame, fear. So and these are all in the spectrum of the human emotions. But when when they are present, they're so uncomfortable that most people, they don't want to feel these emotions and they, they're blocking it. And it might block some of the energetic centers in the body that in the Ayurvedic tradition, we call it, we call them the chakras. Maybe your audience is familiar with the chakras. And those blocked emotions can actually create um, pain, malaise, um, illnesses in the body. And most of them are, are uh, created from the mind. So that's why the, the body, the mind, and the emotions, they go all together. And so the emotional alchemy is actually taking a courageous leap to feel, to, to face the emotion and face the meaning and actually realizing that that's where the gift is. That's where the treasure is. And so transforming this emotion it's literally alchemizing this emotion which was heavy lead into the gold into the light which becomes your asset and it becomes your greatest wisdom it becomes what you are meant to do in the world to you know live your purpose and and serve others so i usually give an example of let's say there's a dark forest nobody would want to go there you know, it's, it's at night, it's scary. You might hear the wolves and, it, you know, nobody would want to go there just for the sake of it, but that's where the treasure is. And so together, it's like, I hold the lantern and it's like, let's go, let's go into that forest. No, no, don't be scared. I've been there before. It's not scary. The boogeyman or the grizzly, whatever you think is scary is not. And so together we go into that forest and we find that treasure that was buried there for decades and sometimes it's in past lives or even past generations that these dark things were imprinted into the person's life and it's showing up in their life as not being able to say no and being so critical of themselves and I should have done a better job and um, I could have should have you know would have kind of things <laughs> but when we go and and uh, you know, unearth these treasures and, and the person opens the box and they see all the gold that's in there. That's where the treasure lies because mm. feeling is healing. And so, I love where this conversation is going because many people I know in my audience and I've experienced it myself, right? We've learned to push away those emotions, push mm -hmm. away anger, fear. I've recently been working on the emotion anger because I never let it be in my life. I saw it as something bad. You know, I can't, yes. I need to understand the other person until a therapist told me, Maya, it's not because you understand the other person that doesn't take away your right to feel angry. And that's mm -hmm. something that I've had to work through for years. And so negative emotions, we like to push them away. And we're like, no, if I want to improve myself, I need to be positive, listen to motivational videos, 
um, positive psychology, you know, be optimistic and motivational and manifest, right? But here you are saying like, hey, 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 you know, mm -hmm. these emotions are part of the spectrum. These emotions need to be acknowledged and worked through. And you can go with a lantern through that forest and it's not as scary as it seems, right? Just step by step. So this yeah. is a very interesting idea for me and for my audience because perfectionism, right? Putting yeah. a lot of pressure on yourself, um, overdoing yourself constantly, um, always wanting to be productive or be useful. You know, how we're yes. so addicted to feeling useful or then going to the other side of wanting to be in, the, in a field of positivity the whole time. But that's not how it works. So when someone's listening and says, mm, yep, there's something there. I need to work on that. I would love to bit by bit embrace those negative, or should I say negative? I don't know, those emotions, right? Of fear and anger and guilt and shame. Um, what would you say could be a first step or how do people go about that? Yeah, um, the first step uh, to any journey of transformation or of, of healing is actually awareness. And oftentimes when we've been stuffing our emotions, it can show up as um, behaviors that are uh, letting you know that something is being repressed within you. And it can be procrastinating, distracting yourself with social media instead of doing the things that you, you said you wanted to do. It can be um, if you're uncomfortable in the task and then you're just getting up and going to the cupboards to eat those next cookies or, you know, binging on Netflix, all of these things or a substance, you know, I was talking with somebody yesterday who realized she was using pot for so many aspects of her life. Uh, to get out of boredom or um, being able to disconnect and really kind of have a pause from work. And just the awareness of it is already a first step in transformation. But in any healing journey, the three steps are awareness, transformation, and wholeness. And the transformational piece is kind of a mandatory passage. It's like the caterpillar that goes into the cocoon and becomes this gooey thing mm. to eventually come back as a butterfly. It's identity. It's still the same. It's still the same soul that's within the creature, but it is now expressed in its full dharma and its full purpose and its full beauty. So that's the wholeness piece. I want to come back just quickly on some things that you were saying about emotions. You know, you caught yourself and saying, well, maybe it's not negative emotion. Mm -hmm. And um, this is a, con a concept that I want to invite people to let go of labeling of something is positive or negative. Yeah. It just is what it is. And when you learn to embrace, it doesn't mean you're going to become a negative, angry, sad and fearful person. But when you learn to face these things and receive the message it's really the message that they contain. That's when you alchemize the heavy, dense emotion into something that is light, that is gold, and it becomes, it becomes your, your asset. You harness the power of this energy to move you more towards your goals and your dreams rather than something that you were moving away. And the more you resist it, the more it persisted. Yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
And yeah, when you push that emotion away, it will only become bigger or ask up more space or scream at you like, hey, here I am, okay? And it will get worse. So awareness, yes. Awareness, transformation, wholeness. And it made me think of when you gave those examples, sugar cravings too, right? Sugar cravings are also those uh, (laughs) us grabbing for snacks, um, can also be an emotional escape route, let's say. Absolutely. Especially if you're going for sweet things, um, it might just be a sign that you need more sweetness in your life. You need more pleasure. You need mm. to give yourself more softness, more time for self-care, more, more gentleness, more things that bring you joy. And um, it's usually that's when people discover the message behind the craving so every behavior that you have that you don't like or that is you know even stress is is just it's not a problem in itself it's just a messenger that is coming to you to say hey red flag here you know bring your attention on this thing because something is out of balance and I really like the, um, I'm studying the Ayurvedic philosophy of Siddha Veda right now and doing a PhD in natural medicine also, so it's a little bit um, a full plate, but um, I really like the Ayurvedic notion of when something is out of balance, it'll bring symptoms, you know, cravings, behaviors, uh, heavy in the mind, heavy emotions, anxiety, and stress that tells you that something is out of balance. And the goal is not to fight it or to um, to get rid of it. The goal is actually to go within and to understand yourself better so that you can bring yourself back to balance. And that is different for each one of us. Some people need to exercise more. Some people need to rest more. Some people need more space in their calendar. Some people need more fulfilling things in their calendar but it really depends where you are on your journey and how you are designed and how you are made and what brings you the most joy i think joy is one of the ultimate compass in our life you know um the work of joseph campbell uh, follow your bliss the Mm -hmm. hero's journey so following your bliss and listening to that inclination that brings you joy I see so many people denying their own desires and I think that especially in the world of high performance and achievers and all that um, there's a I mean I was definitely born on that planet (laughs) and that if I was to give in to my own desires and do the things that really bring me joy I'm not doing something useful or productive I'm not working in my business and I'm not furthering myself or my education and I felt a huge amount of guilt and um, of, you know, let's say I wanted to go fly my hang glider or ride my kayak or my bike or go ski. These are all things that bring me so much joy. Mm. And I remember that I had a, a mentor at one point telling me, Catherine, just consider that when you go fly your hang glider and you're so lit up and you feel the freedom of that and you're coming back inspired, that when you're doing the things that bring you the joy and the passion, it's actually part of your work. It's actually you doing something useful in your business. You're recharging your batteries. You're recharging your creativity, your inspiration. You're giving yourself permission to do the things that make you feel the most alive. And this isn't it what business is all about. 
yeah. you know, uplifting us and others, bringing something of value to the world, not, you know, drowning us in the overwhelm. And the <laughs> hmm. yeah, and that is key here, key, key, key people. I think mm-hmm. that Catherine is a great mm-hmm. example of um, being a healthy high achiever, right? Because you embrace mm-hmm. that side of what your mind wants and the productivity. And yes, you can be a busy bee and working on your PhD. And, um, but you know how to find your own joy now because you realize that, yes, those things that bring you joy, that also brings you inspiration, energy, yes. a lightness yeah. within that will help you feel that drive to get more done in the end in your job. So this is very key for people to hear Hey, you know, everything that you do that you think has nothing to do with your work, right? It has everything to do with your work, even just the resting. I always say resting is productive, right? Yes. <laughs> you recharge your brain, you recharge your body. And then now we have this other perspective here of doing something fun is very productive. It's very good for your work. And so I'm wondering, yes, you were born on the same planet as all of us here in this audience of (laughs) high achieving and high performance and wanting to be useful with our time and uh, (laughs) working, working, working. We love being in five different online courses at the same time. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But so from a neuroscience perspective, I'm curious, where does that come from? Maybe emotionally, we're also running from some things that we need to deal with and we just want to be useful and productive all the time and uh, never stop. But I have clients who say, hey, I can't seem to wind down my brain. You know, I can't seem to make my thoughts stop when I try to meditate or rest. So I'm wondering from neuroscience perspective, I'm wondering adrenaline, what is happening there? Um, some of it is the meaning that we give to uh, being productive. So, mm-hmm. and we've tied it to our identity, right? So when we say, um, you know, there, there are behaviors, beliefs, and identity. And so the behaviors are the things that we're going to do according to our beliefs. And our beliefs come from the identity that we're giving ourselves. So if we have the belief that, oh, if I rest, it means I'm lazy. Well, sure enough, your brain will never let you rest because the last thing you want to be is being lazy, right? If you saying no to um, some, some course or some, you know, program, and then, and then that means that you're going to miss out on something. Well, the identity is, well, I'm, I'm, I'm now being left behind. I don't belong right? Or the FOMO, the fear of missing out, it gets really huge. So, uh, you know, from, from a neuroscience perspective, and also from a neurolinguistic programming perspective, it's really useful to go examine our own subconscious beliefs. And by definition, they're subconscious. So they're difficult to access just, it's not like you're going to sit and be like, okay, what does my subconscious think about doing this or doing that? (laughs) (laughs) so that's why it's useful to have somebody guiding you there and and entering the operate the operating system literally going into the system of the subconscious mind to know how to open that and to have access and and it's almost like you're reading your own beliefs and you're like oh I hadn't realized that I had internalized the belief that 
If I'm not doing 20 times at the same time, that means I'm not good enough. Or if I'm, let's say, charging this amount of money that I have to deliver so big and be exhausted in order to deserve taking a break, right? Mm -hmm. And so here comes the piece of awareness again. And uh, everything, our subconscious mind runs 95% of our thoughts. So, so that gives 5% of willpower, you know, until we become more aware of the thoughts and the beliefs that are running the show in the subconscious mind. And I think this is what neuroscience is also teaching us that our thoughts are literally ruling our life, meaning it's ruling what we manifest in our outside world, the relationships we have, the, you know, the money patterns that we have, the work that we have, but it's also ruling our internal world. So if somebody is saying some, somebody is saying, oh, I'm tired, I'm tired. By definition, the word that you put after the I am is going to be tied to your identity, mm. right? It's the same in French, je suis fatigué. So if you say I am tired, your brain is hearing that, that this is your identity. And your subconscious mind loves you so much that the last thing it wants to do is for you to lose your identity. So it's going to bring you life circumstances and it's going to reflect to you things that will make you right. Well, of course you're tired. Look, you're working 70 hours a week. Look, I'm bringing you um, difficult clients. Look, I'm, I'm bringing you complex stuff in your business to make you right in your identity. So mm. oftentimes I have people asking me, well, how do I say it? I am tired. <laughs> and I say, well, let's disconnect that from your identity. So you can say something like, well, um, my body feels tired in this moment and it doesn't have to, and it doesn't have to last six months. And it's just a feeling, it's a, it's a transitory state of being rather than something that's tied to your, your identity. Does that make sense? Hmm, yeah. And I wonder where I must have, you know, when I was 15 and struggling with chronic fatigue syndrome, and, you know, always tired, right? I must have read it somewhere because I started saying my body's feeling tired. But wow. now I love that you're adding in this moment, right? Mm -hmm. I never learn about that part but it's very important to just say to yourself it's something from this moment it's temporary right right now my body yeah. is feeling tired and that's yeah. exactly what it is it's not that I am tired because then your brain will find all the proof in the world to justify that statement of I am a tired person <laughs> exactly and 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 the more it's sealed in your identity the the harder it'll be to to switch that and if we speak about language sometimes some of my friends call me the language police with you know loving <laughs> lovingly because now I can hear in the language how you know words have creative power if mm. If there was no buffer between what we say and what's manifesting in our life, we would be a lot more careful about what we say. You know, when I hear people say, oh, this, this is killing me. I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> stay alive, <laughs> right? Or, oh, this is, um, anyways, you get the point. So yeah. if we're talking about something in our life that we no longer want in our life, it's best to talk about it in the past, even if the past is one second ago. So if we take this example of feeling tired, we can say, well, up until now in the past, I felt tired. My body 
felt tired. And right now is a brand new moment where I can create something new. So it's a great opportunity to use language to interrupt the patterns that have been running the show in your life and to create something new because at every new moment, there's an opportunity to create something new. So talk about it in the past. And it, when I coach my clients, sometimes it's in the beginning, you know, they'll say something and I'm like, oh yeah, in the past or up until now. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, in the past, up until now, until they catch themselves and until it becomes a habit of talking about it in the past. And the reason for this is in neuroscience, again, is when you talk about it in the past, your brain can relax that it's not in the present. So it doesn't have to re-download the experience and re-kind of program the body to feel that again. And, and so it can just say, oh yeah, it was in the past. Right now, it's not this, right? Because when we talk about it in the present moment, the brain is refueling the experience and the body is re-enacting that experience in the neurotransmitters, in the in, you know, in all the, the cells and tissues. And so it crystallizes even more that experience that you don't want in your life. So a lot of reprogramming your brain, your mind comes from your inner and outer discourse, the way you speak to yourself and the way you speak, you know, outside of yourself. And it's, it's quite a gymnastic, but it's fun. And um, it's fun to see how things start to unfold differently when you become aware of that. And you, you, pattern interrupt and you you make the transformation that you know step by step <laughs> yeah like you said it's that um gymnastics for your brain right the brain yep. training and it takes repetition it's all about repetition always with those uh habits and ways of thinking and how you talk to yourself so i just yes. scribbled that down like up until now i love that yep. how you said that um that's something <laughs> new as well that i've learned here um i love it and, you know, when you were saying, okay, when you say, I am tired, that's your identity. So your brain is going to give you the proof and said, okay, then what should we do? You already answered that question, but what should we do? People might think, oh, then I need to think, like I said before, positive all the time, right? Then I need to tell myself I am successful and I am energetic and I am, but then also your brain might not believe that because that's not really how you're feeling in the moment. So here you yeah. are with that solution of saying, okay, you know, up until now, my body was feeling tired, but now is a new moment and you can create um, another reality and shift yeah. that around always. You know, Maya, you're, you're bringing in an important point. And this is something that I was feeling in my business, which is to actually acknowledge the struggle that you went through because when you when you're just trying to to throw in some positive stuff there's a part of your mind that's going to be like yeah but no I suffered like I need that acknowledgement right yeah. and it's almost like that child who's like crying and it's like yeah it's not it's not feeling seen or heard and so it's important to have that acknowledgement I remember sometimes in my business uh, when I was building it I just had to tell the story of how difficult I felt, you know, how much, how hard I was working. Yeah. And even to, I was saying it to my mentors and one of my mentors was saying, you know, Catherine, when you're repeating this story, you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot because you're creating more of that. And then I asked myself, I was like, yeah, what is it about my need to tell that story so much? Mm. And I realized that it was the need to acknowledge the struggle, the need to acknowledge the effort, the need to actually give myself a tap on the shoulder, validate that, hey, yes, you're doing an awesome job. You've been working hard. 
And, um, and just having that acknowledgement, it's like that piece of me that was looking for that validation and affirmation could relax and then be open to new ways of doing things. Then be yeah. open to, okay, up until now, I've put in a lot of hours. I've, I've done some, a lot of hard work and, and did everything myself. And then right now is a brand new moment where I can create something new. So what do I want to experience instead? And then I can turn myself towards the future and create something new. Having said that, it's important to, again, go in and uproot those limiting beliefs and become aware of them and transform them. Because for the longest time, I thought, well, if I'm resting or if I'm not working on my business, not being productive, that means I'm, um, I'm not, not necessarily a bad person, but I become undeserving and unworthy. And um, like, I need to work more to deserve. And so when I realized that, I was like, F that. <laughs> I need to, I, I, you know, I was like, I want to transform that belief so that it no yeah. longer becomes the obstacle. And, yeah. and so step by step, by, by becoming aware and observing yourself, it requires space and presence and connecting with yourself and sometimes going to places that are uncomfortable because it brings emotions. It brings up you know, the guilt and the fear and the sadness and yeah. the anger. And, and if you're doing it by yourself, most likely you're going to resort back to behaviors that will make you avoid these things. Yeah. Um, and I just want to mention, <clears throat> if someone decides to dive into those emotions and go into that forest, um, like Catherine said, please ask for support. Please have yeah. someone holding that lantern for you and going yeah. in with you. Because I recently, two days ago, I, I said to a friend, she was going through a hard time. Her partner is depressed and she's trying to stay strong and be that support. And I was like, please find support for yourself too, right? Yes. Um, you deserve that. She's like, no, but yeah, right now there's hope and I'm strong. And I'm like, no, that this is when you need it. <laughs> this is when yes. you need the support because we deserve that. It's like, we all go to the gym, right? To work on our body. And I will keep repeating this sentence, like you deserve to go to a gym for your mind, for your emotions, for your inner world. And you don't have to be super depressed or super whatever to be, to take that step and ask for support. So that's why I love it that there's now more and more transformational coaches like you, because it's a less scary step than going, like, oh, I'm in therapy, right? Having that thought of, yeah. oh, maybe something's wrong with me. No, everyone yeah. should have a transformational coach for their inner transformations. I had one, especially last year, moving back to Peru and having all this stuff happening. Mm. But you just need that. You need to go back to that and have someone holding that lantern, like you said. So that's very key. Absolutely. Mm. Yes. And I want to just maybe mention and give permission to the high achievers that you don't need to run yourself down to the bone before you give yourself permission to um, get support, to rest, to do things differently. Yes. Please. It's not because you're running yourself down to the ground that you're worthy of taking a break. You know, it's, it's just the same thing as illness. Don't wait until your body is sick before you start taking care of it. So it's the same yes. thing with your mind and your emotions. Absolutely. So. I think the moment when you're doing well, and you're just in a good, a good state of mind and you realize, hmm, I think there are some things I might want to work on. 
do it at that moment <laughs> that's yeah. the moment you should do it because you know like you said don't wait until you're um basically burned out or yeah. having a an illness or just um being overly busy don't wait yep. just do it ah katrin yep. i love this talk today um there are so many tips and tricks and i feel I want more. I'm sure my audience wants more. So where can we find out more about you? And um, <laughs> any last words or offers? Shoot. Absolutely. Um, so I'm on social media, Catherine Gagnon, Transformational Coach, both on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, on my website, which is CatherineGagnon.ca. And it's both French and English. So Um, I can spell my name because it's a French name. So it's www.catherinegagnon.ca. And as a last um, word of inspiration, I want to tell everybody that you having a life that you love is not only your destiny, but it's your duty. And that serves you, but it serves everybody around you. So get on it. <laughs> yes, get on it, please. Now I'll put all the links in the show notes. Um, also your Instagram and, uh, and anywhere where people can find you, your website. Thank you so much, Catherine. This was so inspiring. Uh, I'm very grateful. And let's stay in touch, please. Thank you so much, Maya. Thank you so much. Hope your audience got an enormous value from our conversation. I know I did. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure they did. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> Thanks. Dear Achievers, I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please subscribe and share with your friends, anyone who needs to hear this. You're super welcome to join us at healthyhighachievers.community as well. See you there.